welcome to uh, the third ever episode of Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. Um, I'm really excited about this uh, particular show because, number one, it's our third one ever. We're talking about a really cool subject, grief and faith. But then the other reason why is because we actually have our very first ever special guest. We're going to have everybody go around the table and introduce themselves, starting with the co-host. Go ahead. Hello, everybody. I'm Bryn Johnson and co-founder of Race for Rowan and Ambitious Angel Mom. And then, of course, the guest of honor. Please introduce yourself, sir. Yeah, my name is Jim Ford. I am the pastor of New Day Christian Center in Tenino, Washington. Thank awesome. You. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, what this an honor to be here. Thank you. This is very cool. So as I said, we are talking about uh, grief and faith. And um, obviously, those who listen, those who have had um, uh, children pass away in their family, it comes from all, you come from all sorts of different faith backgrounds. Some, some folks don't even have any, any faith in their background. So we're going to try and tackle this from a very sort of respectful and very personal way between Bryn and Pastor Jim. Uh, but we hope that through this conversation, we can kind of maybe even have folks think about their own uh, faith in their own lives and how it can actually help them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, there we go. Good. Good. <laughs> That's a good goal. It's a great thing to share because it's helped me tremendously along the way. So yeah. I'm glad that we can talk about this today. Yeah, that's awesome. And Pastor Jim, thank you so much for taking time to come out. You bet. And Phil, please, just Jim is fine. All, All right. right. Jim, Jim, okay. <laughs> well, Jim. Let's, let's go casual today. <laughs> okay. Well, we All might right. cry later, but <laughs> we can go oh, casual first. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds good. Jim, that's good. I like that better. Um, all right. So first thing I want to do before we dive into all the questions is... You know, there are mountains and mountains of instances in culture throughout history that has used some sort of faith of some kind to get through really difficult times, especially when it comes to the death of those around them, family members of and, and folks of the like. And so I just want to give a couple of examples of what we've seen throughout history, and then we're going to really focus this up to the individual sort of experiences with Bryn and Jim. Um, but if we look at it at a huge high level, uh, since humans have existed, there's been some form of faith used in order to uh, help folks get through the death of somebody significant in their lives. It starts all the way back in ancient Egypt. Uh, the guardian, they actually had a god uh, or a guardian of the dead, so to speak. It was Anubis. Um, they mummified uh, the body most of the time. They cast spells on those who passed away. And this one I always found very interesting. They buried the dead with goods that they thought would help them in the afterlife. Take it with mm -hmm. you, which is kind of an interesting concept because today <laughs> it's like you don't get to take any of it with you. That's the big sort of yeah. thing that we see in our own faiths today. Uh, in the Middle Ages, Celts in Europe engaged in what they call a death whale, which actually sounds pretty therapeutic. Um, it is oh. a ritualistic and guttural <laughs> screaming moment at some of the gatherings. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, <laughs> used big time also in Asia, Africa, and Australia. And then in ancient Greece and Rome, we had folks mourn in a very carnival-like atmosphere. The deceased were honored with lavish feasts. Uh, the Aztecs, friends and families, gathered to pray, remember, and support those who have died as they embarked on their spiritual journeys. That became known as the Dio de las Muertes, or wow. Day of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. In, oh, uh, yes. Mystic Heritage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, folks know that today, of course. Of course we uh, do. That runs uh, October 31st through November 2nd every single year. It's celebrated by people of mostly Mexican heritage. Uh, Ethiopia had dozens of tribes who sang and danced in communal ceremonies. They still do it today, and they're meant to defeat death and avenge the deceased. Wow. That's pretty Oh, that's pretty deep. That's intense. We yeah. Like that. And then, of course, today uh, we still have folks uh, of Muslim faith who who go through an entire ritual where they bathe the body and shroud the body in white uh, cotton or linen cloth. They do a collective prayer. They have a burial. There's a three-day mourning period for, for Sunni Muslims. Um, where you take visitors, you pray, and you avoid any sort of decorative clothing or jewelry. And then their widows actually observe an extended period of more than four months of, of mourning. So that, those are just some examples of what we've seen in the past for, um, for different faiths and different cultures. Uh, here, though, we're going to specifically talk about the folks here in Tenino and the folks specifically in this room. <laughs> Um, and we're going to talk uh, to Jim about some of his story, uh, how he got to where he is today, and kind of how Bryn, how you kind of came along and, and, and took the journey with 
Pastor Jim. So, Jim, let's start with you. How did you become a pastor? Wow. Being a pastor probably wasn't on my radar, um, at least at first. Um, how I became a pastor in Tenino, we were attending, my family and I, my wife and our daughters were attending a church in Woodland, Washington. And um, the pastor there uh, was in a was in a group or a um, an organization that was aware that the church here in Tenino did not have a pastor, and so they were asking for speakers to come and um, come and and speak on every Sunday in the, in the absence of that pastor. And they asked my wife and I to come and speak, and they actually asked my wife first, and she came and spoke, and they loved her. And then they had me come and that she's a hard act to follow, but I did pretty well. Mm-hmm. And um, they asked us, would, would we be interested in coming on a regular basis? And it kind of evolved into that, that we became, it took about three months. And then we were ordained and, and brought in in July of 2003. Mm-hmm. And your and New Day Christian is located right here in Tenino. Yeah, about four miles out, outside of town, yeah. um, right on Violet Prairie and Old Highway 99. Uh-huh. And we're equidistant from the freeway and the town of yeah. Tenino proper. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a bright yellow church. And how did you come to actually meet Bryn? Wow. I heard, obviously, Tenino is a very small town, and so news travels very quickly. And I had heard that her and her husband, um, they, they had lost their little baby girl mm-hmm. uh, in a very tragic way. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure your listeners are aware of that story. Right. Um and I was very, you know, I was very sad and my heart was broken. I mean, what a bummer. And um, I was thinking, okay, what am I going to do? And my first thought was, yeah, I can be invasive. Or my second thought, which I thought was the wiser choice, was to let them alone and let them grieve and let their families and their and their support network come to them. Because I'd never heard of them. I'd never met them. And certainly this is a very private, intimate moment that you don't really want to welcome a lot of strangers, especially ones carrying a Bible right, and, right, yeah. and, and telling <laughs> right, you how right, good right. Jesus is. So um, I, w- I was sitting in my office one day and I got a phone call from a mutual friend, uh, a mutual family friend, and um, he was friends with the grandfather of little Rowan. Oh, wow. And he called me and said, hey, Jim, uh, my good friend, his granddaughter was just killed. Would you want to go talk to the family? And I said an expletive and then no. <laughs> Um, and he says, why not? Isn't that what you do? And I go, no, that's not what I do. I, I don't, I, having dealt with that myself, the last thing I want, the last thing I wanted was some random person coming up and trying uh-huh. to comfort me because typically they say the wrong thing or right. or whatever. And so I said, no, I'm not going. <laughs> and he said, well, would you go if I asked you to? And I said, yeah, if I can throw you under the bus when I need him, <laughs> I'm definitely, I'll go yeah. and I'll talk yeah. to him. Well, so I drove in and I'm not sure chronologically, chronologically how it played out because I've heard that it was the same day, but I didn't think that it was. Mm. So I went, I drove in and, and certainly the driveway was filled with family and, and filled with, um, you know, loved ones that were there to support uh, Cody and Bryn. And so I pull in and, and I met immediately on the doorstep by, by uncle and uh, cousin. And they go, who are you? And I'm like, uh, my name is Jim Ford, and I pastor the church down the street, and and I'm in the middle of introducing myself to this family that are quite rightfully guarding the door, and the door opens, the front door opens, and Bryn walks out, and she goes, I know you. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to cry all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I should have brought She's, some tissue. She, <laughs> yeah. I know. And oh, she man. walked up to me, and she, she gave me a big hug, and she just said, I know you. And so we just cried for a few minutes, and then her husband, Cody, came out the door, and, and the three of us just embraced and wept, and and thankfully she knew who I was, you know, and and I'll let her tell that side of it. But um, we spent I, – I spent, what did we spend the next couple of hours just talking to him mm-hmm. and just – bringing them some kind of comfort, you know, just letting them ask questions, letting them kind of vent, you know, let, letting them, and, and this, I have found this so important because, you know, in dealing with loss, the first reaction in the loss of a child, I think is just complete anger mm-hmm. and just a misunderstanding. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you do not understand how a good God, a loving God in heaven can let this happen to something right. so innocent. Right. And how dare he? And, and our human instinct is to fight that because we don't want to make God even more right, mad, right. you know, and I'm like, no, he already knows you're mad. Yeah. And yeah. and I would use a different word if, if it wasn't a family show, but I mean, yeah. he knows we're upset. He knows it. 
And so why hide that? Why, why, why try to hide that from him when he, and what's really beautiful about it. And I don't, I know that's a different question, but what's beautiful about our God is he has experienced the loss of a child Mm. and he understands that pain. Mm. So he, I mean, he understands the anger. I mean, he could have destroyed, think about the self-control that he had to exercise in not just wiping out the planet after they killed his kid. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, because that's the rage that you feel. You just want to, you want to attack everything and everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, look, take five minutes and do the Celtic whale. You know, just let it out because you know what? It's there Mm -hmm. and it's primal and it's, it's, it's powerful. And I think once you, once you come to terms with the fact that it's okay for you to be angry with God, then he can set about bringing you comfort in that situation and guiding you through that expression of anger, expression, expression of grief, the mourning cycle and all that. So that's how we met. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did I go down a bunny trail? Yeah. You just <laughs> stepped all over the la- the B block of this whole thing, but that was unbelievable. I wasn't yeah. going to stop you. No, that was great. <laughs> but that's wow. what, I Brandon, and what an honor. They, yeah. And then, you know, certainly to go on from there, they have been an integral part of our family and yeah. our church for a number of years. And, and uh, man, my wife is just taking one of them. She's like, they're the most beautiful people I've ever met. Oh my right, gosh. Right. Yeah. She is so, the sweetest. So, yeah. so you know, oh. it's, you know, you can't imagine that it's going to happen right. to a family like this. Mm-hmm. And it does. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, I think the powerful part of her mm-hmm. angel movement yeah. is just taking, you know, something that should have never happened and turning it into something that's powerful yeah. and helpful to other people. Yeah. Anyway, that's I'm unbelievable. Gonna, um, I wow. I, I mean, I don't even, know where to jump off of that yeah that was that was question one yeah that was question one yeah i don't think anybody ever is prepared for it to happen to them you know and um there's it shouldn't ever have to cross your mind that you're going to be that person that loses a child and um you know we're just walking through grief and i was so blessed to have jim step into our lives that day and really pick me up off my feet and did you, uh, we're going to, we're going to, we'll go, all, we'll yeah. bounce all over the place. Yes. Did you, uh, I think you and I have talked about this a little bit before. You were not necessarily a, a hugely faithful person before the passing of Rowan, correct? Was it, was it Rowan that brought you there or was it trying to find meaning that really brought you there and connected with Jim or had you already kind of dabbled in it a little bit, gone a few times? What was your, what was your connection to faith before the accident happened? Good question. Um, happy to share. I actually grew up in a pretty strict every Sunday we would go to church. Mm. I grew up in Sunday school. I went to the Methodist church in mm. Rochester. Um, my grandma was um, like would fill in for the pastor. So my, my grandmother has pretty much always taught me everything I knew about faith in the Bible. But as far as taking it seriously on my own ever, no. I right. mean, it was like that's what was instilled in me as growing up. And that was, you know, what you did. and um, I think, you know, once I started becoming an adult on my own, I kind of veered off the path a little bit and had a lot of fun and yeah. met my husband and, you know, it wasn't a big priority for us, but I've always been a believer and I've never let that go, you know, and, um, you know, I think when you have that in your heart and when you have it instilled in there, it's like, that has always still been like my solid foundation, but yeah, I've definitely veered off the path, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. many a times yeah. and then. <laughs> When Rowan did pass and, you know, you hit like rock bottom of your life and you just don't have a purpose to live or even finding the strength to get out of bed is like, I I really felt like God picked me up. And like that day that Pastor Jim came over, um, I was actually in my closet hiding from my family. And, you know, you're, you're literally so broken. I couldn't even like face people. Yeah. And I was in my closet hiding by myself, as crazy as that sounds, but I'm just going to own the crazy there. You go crazy. Um, And I was just crying and begging and and praying to God, you know, like, you have got to help me because what are you going to do? Like, there's nothing else to live for. Like, my life is over, you know, and you're really just so broken. And I, I swear I physically felt like he picked me up. And said, go outside. That's crazy. And I walked That's unbelievable. out of my closet, just, you know, sucking up my tears yeah. and walked down my stairwell. Yeah. And then I see Jim, who I had never met a day in my life. You had not met him. Nope. nope. Never met him a day in my life. <laughs> and I just kept feeling like God was pushing me out my door. Like, you need to go out your door. And and I did. And it's like, 
he told me who Jim was. Mm. Like, I didn't Mm. know who Jim was prior. Mm. It was like I walked outside, and when you even – I don't remember exactly what you said, but you started talking, and it, like, all just came to me. I'm like, I know exactly who you are. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. And and I'd never met him a day in my life. But the reason it clicked for me is because he's going to share – I don't want to share your story, but – um, you know, living in a small town of Tenino, he had previously lost his daughter and I had heard his story. And when he, you know, started to inter- introduce himself as, you know, Pastor Jim Ford, I knew exactly who he was. And he was just such a source of comfort and hope because I knew he had lost a daughter too. And yeah, you were like brought to us <laughs> from God. It's how I felt. I'm like, cool. you're like a gift cool. right now because uh, yeah. I, you're so broken. It's like, you want any kind of hope. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. then here comes Pastor Jim on my yeah. porch. Well, oh, thank wow. you for that. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> I needed it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So then we've been attached ever since. Yeah. You know, me and my husband yeah. just love him yeah. and his family as well. And um, yeah, just huge blessings in our lives and just a source of faith and yeah. hope to continue to watch awesome. along our journey. Awesome. So, so uh, Jim, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about your own story because okay. Bryn just mentioned it. And and I think that's uh, one of the pieces of, of sort of uh, connected uh, connective tissue that brings you two together in a completely different way besides just pastor and, and person. Um, talk a little bit about, if you, if you, if you will, uh, share a little bit about the loss that happened in your own life. Certainly. Um, to do that really effectively, and I guess to bring a, a deeper understanding of of the import of Spencer uh, going to heaven, um, her mom and I um, were not supposed to be able to have children. Her mom had open heart surgery when she was 10. And so the doctors told her, if you ever have a child, it, it will destroy you. It will kill you physically. So um, we were... We, we had dated for five years and then we were married for five years and no, no children, no nothing. And we had tried to adopt three times and those every, every adoption fell through like the day before the mom would yeah. hand the baby over. Wow. She said, nah, I'm going right. to keep the child. And wow. so my, wife yeah. got angry. my wife was like, quit bringing kids to me if you're not going to let me have one. Mm-hmm. And so she was in the nursery one day at our church and our pastor called her and said, Hey man, you know, pastor wants to pray for people who want children. And Stacy, we know you want a kid, so get up there. She's like, okay, here we go again, you know. So lay hands on me and let's get it over with. Yeah. Um, so she went up there and, and got prayed for. And next month she was pregnant with Spencer. Wow. <laughs> that and is that awesome. awesome. So, wow. So, so after 10 years, you know, so so here's this. And, and what's really even more powerful, and I know this is not the, the topic of our discussion, um, her heart doctor, because she was seeing a cardiologist, obviously, yeah. at that time. Um he the the first words out of his mouth were not nice. I mean, he was very upset. And and that, so when she announced, yes, she was when pregnant. she came in and said, "I'm pregnant," he looked at her and oh said, "Blankety blanket." I knew we should have taken out your reproductive stuff. Wow. Happened. And oh. and then he said, "Well, let's go about keeping you alive." Mm. And so he was not a believer, and we were believers, obviously. But um, he was. But he was. What I loved about him is was, was his authenticity, his his realism. It's like, look, we're going to keep you alive. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. here's my wife. She's pregnant out. The, you know, she's pregnant. I'm not going to yeah, describe yeah. her. She, she was pregnant. She was glowing. Picture um, it. You know, <laughs> um, she doesn't miss a day of work. She's not on flat on her back. She's not, yeah. There's no there's no sickness, no nothing associated mm-hmm. with her carrying Spencer. And one day, um, you know, obviously with the heart condition, she's not supposed to have yeah. Salt and all that other stuff. Well, she's got, you know, she's got a grocery cart filled with salt and vinegar chips. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, yeah. Her, and her heart doctor walks up to her in the middle of the grocery store and he's looking at her. She's pregnant and, you know, pretty close to delivery. And he looks, he puts his hands on her belly and he says, there's something to your God. Oh, man. <laughs> so oh. even in that, she is, you know, carrying Spencer. Yeah. So, you know, here's Spencer. And, and so obviously we're very excited to welcome Spencer into the world. And, um, you know, she grows up. Well, anyhow, carry that through. Then, you know, obviously her sister is born four years later. And that's a complete surprise, too. And wow. and so they grow up and we move to Tenino. And that's eliminating a lot of years. Um, Spencer is in her senior year of high school in 2010. And school has just started. And she drives her and her sister to school every day. And... So the morning of September 27th, which is a Monday, 
Um, Spencer comes upstairs to kiss her mom goodbye because her mom's going to work. And um, she goes downstairs to do something. And then Spencer comes back upstairs and she's never done this. She came back upstairs and she kissed her mom again. And mom, her mom's like, why did you, you do that? Oh, I just wanted to tell you that I love you, mom. Ugh. And her mom goes to work. And um, so I'm in my office. My, my office was in my house at that time. And Spencer gets into the vehicle with her sister and drives to school. And as soon as they leave, you know, there's some activities that we have to deal with after school and all this. So we're not even thinking about the morning ritual. We're thinking about how to, how, it's a senior year. There's a lot of activities, soccer's going. So there's a lot of, act, there's a lot of energy going on in the house. Well, I'm, I'm in my office and all of a sudden I hear this big bang. And so I look out my window cause I can see the road oh, from my house wow. and I look out the window and I'm like, oh, okay, there's no cars there, nothing. I think it's okay. And I think, well, you know, I better go down and check and see what happened. So I throw on my shoes and I walk out the door and as I'm walking up to the car, um, there's a gentleman on the phone with 911 saying, well, one of them's dead already. Oh my gosh. And the other one's looking like they're pretty injured. So I'm like, wow. And it's, I see the car across the street and it's Ugh. definitely my daughter's car. And oh about 150 feet down the road, there's a box truck that's pulled off to the side of the road. And I know, so I go over to Spencer's oh side of the vehicle goodness. and I look at her and she, you know, she's warm, she's laying there. And, and mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said the, the daddy thing, you know, come on back Spencer yeah. and yeah. nothing happened. So I go to the other side and, and McKinley's there, my daughter, my other daughter. She's like, Daddy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. So we move that direction. We start taking care of the person who's left behind. Oh, my gosh. And, and we let the authorities deal with um, Spencer. And what's powerful is, you know, Spencer was a very popular young girl at school. Um, so the, the principal is coming to school that day, and he stops. Um, God orchestrated a lot of things that day. Um, the state trooper that, that stopped and I, please forgive me for not being able to remember his name. He had just lost his five-year-old daughter. Oh man. Uh, wow. I believe to cancer. Yeah. If I'm remembering the story correctly. Yeah. So he was very aware of the pain yeah. that's involved in losing a child. Yeah. And so he brought a lot of comfort into that and he didn't say a lot of stupid things like, Oh, you know, God needed a flower or whatever. You know, he just, right. he was very, <laughs> right. he was very sensitive to the situation and he kind of warded off. And, and the, the hard part was getting my wife to the scene because she was at work and we had to call her and say, you need to come. And we didn't want to tell her what was going on over the phone because we wanted her to be able to get there. And uh, you know, she got there and she, she just looked at me and she said, why is my baby girl dead? Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm like, let's, let's deal with this. Right. And there was, you know, obviously a lot of intense anger and yeah. a lot of, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, you know, things go kind of in a whirlwind after that. Yeah. You're, just, yeah. you're, you're yeah. swept up in all the, the closure parts of it. You know, right. you got to orchestrate a, you got to orchestrate a memorial. You got to, you know, take care of the, the people who are left behind. You got to take care of, you know, the, the little girl whose arm is broken now and, and has to go into the hospital for a time. You have to deal with, you know, setting up places and cremations and yeah everything. So you just kind of get taken off your nut a little bit. Yeah. Even being able to remember. So you don't even really get to, you don't even really get to emotionalize the situation right away because you got to deal with all the practical junk. And it's like, wow. I so, don't even think it's, you can't even tell like what day it is anymore. I mean, yeah. at least for me, I didn't know what was up, down, left, right. Yeah. You definitely lose track. I think of days and time and yeah, just trying to navigate through like, you know, your mixed emotions. You don't know what you're going to get minute to minute and oh, it's just awful. Yeah, I think actually that's a good uh, time to take a little bit of a break. Okay. So we'll come back around and we'll talk a little bit more about um, faith and how it, it, it drove both of you to to try and get to the spots you are today. So let's take a little break. Perfect. All right. Uh, so now I want to get into a, a segment we've only done one time before, but we're going to actually let our guest of honor actually do this one this time because we don't we haven't had one yet. So we should do that. Uh, this is the quote of the day. Uh, you have a lot to live up to, um, Jim, because Bryn's first one was pretty good. Uh, so do you have a quote of the day you'd like to bring forward? I do. Uh, wow. Thanks for the, yeah, the, no, mis- the no mysteriousness pressure. of no British. Pressure, <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I said. Well, I'll be honest. Quote of the day. <laughs> the quote of the day is good morning. You know, just yeah. like, come yeah. on. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, no. Um, my quote comes from Albert Einstein, and I'm always fascinated by him because he was, you know, his life, he's this out there thinker. Yeah. But he was very childlike. 
in his, you know, mm, he, yeah. he, he just had a child's mentality huh. toward life. Yeah. And it was cool. Yeah. But it's, it's, his quote is, the important thing is not to stop questioning. Curiosity has its own reason for existing. Oh, and I just, wow. I, I, I want to continue to learn always. And even if you don't like school, even yeah. if you're, you're, you think you're done with college or whatever, never stop questioning. Never stop looking for an answer that 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 meets. Wow, that's good. That's a good one. I yeah. think yeah. Yeah, that was pretty good. You have a lot of pressure next time. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's great. That was good. Thank you. That was good. So let's get into um, a little bit more conversation around. Um, how you found uh, that faith helped you get through, especially some of the of the harder stuff. Um, we'll start with. Well, I should start with you, Bryn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna go with you first. Mm-hmm. How did your faith and even your 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 connection to Jim get you through some of the harder moments? Um, coming right out of the accident, where you really are, as you've described it, kind of in a fog. Like and and it's really like moment to moment. How how did you use your faith to get through some of those times? Well, as I shared earlier, I think it became real. You know, um, like it was like I really felt like God's presence was with me, and I felt like I was watching everything align. You know, all these things would just be strategically placed throughout my day. Every day, every hour, it's like whatever it seemed like I was praying for that I needed, it would fall at my feet. And it kind of, it it was just like apparent and obvious. It became so real that like, wow, this is like, this is what faith is all about. Like this, like God is lifting me up mm-hmm. in my darkest times. Right. And I think the more I felt it, the more I prayed and the more I dug into it. And I would read my Bible day and night because I think you know, you're, you're just searching for anything, you know, like answers, like Jim said, you know, you're searching for answers, you're searching for any kind of closure or hope that, you know, your baby's really okay. And like how, you know, you're just searching. And, um, I found a lot of comfort in doing my own, like reading my Bible. And I, I'm not a reader by nature. I never have been. Mm -hmm. Um, those that know me know that I'm not a reader, but Mm -hmm. I mean, when those months, after my daughter passed, that's like all I did was I stayed home and I did a lot of reading and I dug into my faith and it seemed to give me a lot of hope and like that I knew where my baby was and yeah, that I will yeah. see her again yeah. and that she's in heaven and she's happy. And, um, you know, we talk about sissy signs and some of our right. uh, other shows and really looking for those signs from her brought me a lot of peace too. Like, it seemed like whatever I would be praying for, or asking for, I would receive. And yeah. and I hope that doesn't sound too cheesy, but it really became so real for me experiencing it. So, um, and I've just continued to do so and let, I guess, God lead the way because my whole life has changed since my daughter's passed. And, you know, my career's changed. My day-to-day life has changed. And I've kind of just tried to put it in God's hands of what do you want from me now? Like, because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, he, I feel like has created this beautiful nonprofit with Race for Rowan and led me to do things that I would never do prior. Um, So I think that that's really powerful when you can say, I'm giving it up. I'm giving up all my control because I've always been a control freak. I mean, me and my husband both are. So I had it all (laughs) planned out what I was going to do for a career, when I was going to have kids, when we were getting married. And then, you know, when you get to a place where you don't have control and, you know, I lost my daughter, you're like, well, I guess I don't have control anyway. Might as well give it all to God. Tell me what you want from me now. (laughs) Yeah. Cause like that wasn't part of the plan. So no, I have never had a plan in my mind to work nonprofit work or run a nonprofit or start podcasts. I mean, now yeah. look at what I'm doing. I'm, I've <laughs> yeah. never, yeah. but it's really, yeah. you know, it's, it's fun and it's exciting and it's new and it is learning on a continuing mm-hmm. basis for me every day. And, um, I, I give it all to my faith and to God for yeah. that. Yeah. How about, how about you, Jim? So, so in those times after, uh, Spencer passed in the really tough times, you, it sounds like you had a relationship with, with God before then, um, I guess kind of, did it change at all? Like, 
Oh, and then also, how did you how did you lean on that relationship to get through really hard times? Hmm. Yeah, we you know um, my wife and I came to Christ, or and we had our our, our relationship with Christ was initiated on the same day, uh, March twenty second, nineteen eighty seven. So we had a huge uh, foundation, if huh. you will, yeah. to to lean on. Yeah, and and I, I will say this, you know, my as, as dark as that day in September was, there's been some very bright days. There's been some days when God rescued me from my own stupidity. There's been some days when it was undeniably God working through uh, situations and events and, and episodes in our life. So I knew that God is always faithful. How do you reconcile a faithful God, an ever faithful God, in the moment when it seems like he has proved to be faithless? Yeah, that seems to be the million-dollar question. <laughs> well... I think a lot of it goes to what Bryn said. You have to trust, you have to give it back to God. And and you, I, I think each individual person is, they have to struggle through, they have to work that struggle out. It's it's, it's almost like you're fighting with God. God, I need to understand this. Right. And, and I'm not going to take so-and-so's answer, even though they've experienced a similar situation, that was that worked for them, but it's not going to work for me. And if they get in my face again, I might do something really bad to them. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I just need you yeah. to come in here. And so the, the foundation of, of understanding Scripture, the foundation of understanding that, that, that God has proven himself to be good on many more occasions than this one time when it seemed that it all went south, um, I knew that God was in this situation. And I was comforted immediately by the fact that my daughter's in heaven. I mean, I know the Bible tells us that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I know where she's at. And now what really scares me is the other side of that coin is the Bible tells us in Hebrews that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses who are essentially watching us. And I really don't want to face her and have her look at me when I get to heaven one day and say, well, why didn't you do this, Dad? And why didn't you do that? And look at all the opportunity you had when I was when I was taken out so early in life and had all this potential in front of me and you've squandered it. Mm. It's like, funny Man. because I just have to share that when my son kind of acts up or gets in trouble, I always tell him that his sister's watching him. Oh boy. <laughs> Your sister and God are always so watching. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So you better behave. Yeah. Wow. They're watching. I think probably Wyatt and Rowan are going to gang on the when they get to heaven. It's yeah. like, let's teach mom. Oh my gosh. How, uh, how does he react to that? Does he, does oh, he, he chill? Does he go, okay, I think so. Yep. I think he's oh, like, funny. oh, I better be his. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, I hope I answered that. I hope I answered that effectively. I, I'm, you know what? Ten years into this, I, I still ask questions. Yeah, I'm still wondering, you know, what's going on. And yeah. and you you have your, you have your, man, it'll be amazing. You walk into a room and you'll smell something and immediately mm -hmm. the memory of that person comes alive. And really? you're like, oh man, really? Or you'll hear a song on the radio and you're like, really that song? Or, you know, yeah. all these things yeah. that just instantaneously bring that person back to life in your head yeah. and, and, and you have to struggle with the reality that they're not there anymore. Right. Right. And so you, it's almost like it's a work in progress. Yeah. And I don't mean to sound cliche or, or whatever, no, but, but I mean, you, yeah. every I day I wake is. up and say, this is the day that the devil's not going to win. This is the day that I'm still completely upset at the right person this time. Right. right, uh, right. There's a, there's a scripture in Ephesians that says, don't let, don't let the sun set on your wrath or don't let the sun go down on your wrath. And we've uh -huh. all taken that to don't go bed. Don't go to, don't go to bed mad at your spouse. No, that's not what that scripture is saying. Yeah. It says never stop being angry at your enemy. Yeah. And, and not your mortal enemy, not your your physical enemy, but your spiritual enemy. Never stop. Never let the sun set on the anger you have toward that person who's attempting to kill, steal, and destroy your life. Mm -hmm. And I, the, to me, that's so powerful because the Bible tells us, be angry and sin not. Well, how can you be angry and don't sin? Well, you got to be angry at the right thing. Yeah. And so every day, I'm, I'm and, and anger is a type of passion, if you will. Um, but I'm like, every day I'm like, today, devil, you're not winning. Today, I'm going to continue my relationship with God, and I'm going to trust on Him. I'm going to trust in Him, and I'm going to trust that He's leading me by His Holy Spirit in the direction that I need to go mm -hmm. in order to stand with my head held high as I cross the threshold of eternity mm -hmm. and, and walk into heaven and say, look what we did. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if he'd have left me there one more day, I'd have kicked some more tail, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I think that's so powerful, too. I mean, I remember you specifically telling me, like, don't let the devil win. Mm -hmm. and well that just stuck with me from that day that you 
came to my house and um I've fought the devil ever since <laughs> like, <laughs> nice. because don't let him win. He doesn't have control or power over us. Yeah, he doesn't. We're going to kick his butt. Nice. <laughs> there you go. She said that, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jim, when someone, you kind of mentioned it. Um, I thought it was an interesting uh, start to the question when you talked about how you met Bryn and how it was almost like a referral. Some Somebody told you, hey, this family has lost somebody. Maybe you should go speak to them. And you hesitated. Um, which kind of makes this question an interesting one. When some when someone comes to you with something as big as the loss of a child, um, how do you point to God as a means of coping? How do you help them? Because it sounds like at first your your first uh, method is don't don't engage. Let them go through it. I mean, how, how do you how do you typically deal with folks who have lost a child? I'm not so anti-empathetic or or apathetic, if you will, that that I want people to suffer. Um, no, I know. I just when and Bryn, I mean, maybe maybe her family's experience was unique. What I look at, I don't want to inject myself into a situation where realistically it's not my business, mm-hmm. and I don't care if I'm preaching Jesus or Muhammad or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I do not know this person. They are facing a challenge, unlike any that anybody will ever face you would not you would not wish this on your worst enemy right right okay so to me for me to come and try to involve myself in that situation when i do not know that person and i do not have a relationship with that person to me that's very invasive and very offensive mm-hmm. you are you are violating my private moment of grief yeah and who do you think you are to do that so that's, I, I, and, and that, so, okay, Jim, but you've gone to people you don't know before and done it too. Yeah, but I always, I always look for an open door, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. If there's an open door, I'm going to go through it, but I'm not going to break the door down. I'm going to trust God. You have a plan. This, this, this person is in your hands. What they're going through is tremendously grievous and I understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm trusting that you got the right person with the right things to say coming their direction. Mm-hmm. And if it's me, then you got to show me yeah, because I'm not going to do it on my own. I'm not yeah. going to take the initiative. I'm going to wait for your, if you will, inspiration or motivation right. to go do that. Right. And, and I, that's what I, with, even with Brennan Cody, I mean, I had heard, you know, their family's been in this area of the world since the late 1800s. I mean, they've got, they've got, they've got roots. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. need, they don't need yeah. some strange guy walking up to them and go, Hey, how are you today? Yeah. yeah. What a fine day to be alive. You know, they don't need that yeah. when they've got family around them that can, that can kind of act as the buffer and as the support mechanism for right. them. So I look at, I look at, I look at each situation kind of, in, if you will, individually mm-hmm. and and i say okay is this person going to be okay mm-hmm. if i don't inject yeah if the answer is yes they're going to be okay then i don't inject mm-hmm. if the answer is no then father you got to open the door because this is such a sensitive topic it's such a sensitive if you will breaking of the barrier i mean already you know why do we want to talk to you and, and a lot of times i don't care that you lost a kid i lost a kid uh, why do I want to grieve over your kid when right. I'm the one hurting? Right. So right. that's not even really a good, you know. What I, mean? I mean, and I that's I appreciate this this ministry that you guys and I don't call it a charity. I call it a ministry. You're 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 helping people, but you got to break that door down. And I'm like, man, what the heck? I could never do that. I trust that God is working behind the scenes to mm-hmm. bring them comfort because our God is always good, is always faithful, and has no evil intentions towards us. The other side of that coin is that everything we go through works to our benefit because we love God and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. So now I've got to find a way to turn this nightmarish event yeah. into a place where the people can come to grips with it and think, okay, someday, somewhere, somehow, I will be able to find something good in this. Mm-hmm. And it might be the smallest good you could find, but yeah. it, it definitely, God will, if you will, I mean... I saw a lot of good in the immediate after of Spencer's departure. Uh-huh. Um, family came together. Um, yeah. You know, 750 people showed up to her memorial at the high school. I mean, I'm like, she had a bigger church than me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm just, I look at, I look at the response of the community of Tonino, even the, they, they outpouring of uh-huh. support and uh-huh. generosity and, and love. And, and so there was good in all that, in the middle of that tragedy. But those are all fleeting goods. 
Huh. I'm not looking for the, for the because there came a day when the people didn't come. There came a day when the food didn't show up. There came a day when the money stopped flowing. There came a day when all those good things yeah. stopped. And now I'm looking at an eternal, what's the eternal good from this God? And huh. yay, my daughter's in heaven. That sucks because she mm-hmm. should be here. Yeah. You know, um, I should have got there before her if, yeah. if, if all is right in the world. Yeah. Um, so God, where in the loss for my family, the loss, the ones that are left on earth to fight through this mortal haze, where's the good going to show up? Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to get people to, to, that's the question. Yeah. Never yeah. stop questioning. Yeah, that's the big one. Where's the answer to this question? And our God is big enough to answer that question. And he may answer it to someone tomorrow. Yeah. And it may be on my deathbed that I learn the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm never going to stop asking, God, where is the good in this? Yeah, the, I think that's that to me strikes me um, as a really interesting way to look at it. Because really, it, it's not the meanings don't seem to appear right away. It seems like if you have to actually really fight, keep your antenna up and then, and then embrace like sissy signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really, you, it's almost like it's an exercise, if you will, to like, keep it, to keep, to, oh, for sure. Right. It's, it's, you're always searching for, for anything positive, like mm-hmm. Jim was saying, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah, you have to definitely. How long did it, did it take you to, to finally maybe have your eyes open and say, oh, that's something, that's something that came from Rowan, that something came from God. How long did it take you to, to get there? Um, I think I started feeling blessings coming our way, like, pretty much right away. Really? I did. But, I mean, it's not, I'm not trying to, like, minimize that you're still so consumed in, like, the pain and the hurting. No. But, like, I would feel, like, truly blessed all the time, too, really, just from, like, our community support. Like, Tonino is such an awesome town, and... Um, you know, just you're feeling so much support and love from your friends and your family and your community. And then, you know, when that starts to subside is when I was just praying, like, for guidance and what I was supposed to be doing with my life. And that's when we started the foundation. And Race for Own has kind of given me a lot of hope in that way where I feel a sense of purpose again and a purpose of doing it in my daughter's honor. And really, I think it's something I've always asked myself is I just want to make her proud. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you're never forgotten. I love you. I still want to feel connected to you and I want to make you proud. And um, so the organization has kind of given me that something to focus my time on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And, and I do think it's unique because not everybody's in that same situation, but I think if you can just look at any of the little signs that you get along the way and Mm -hmm. hold on to them, you know, and, just take any yeah. little bit of blessings or happiness that you yeah. can get um, because that's all you really can do. I mean, because right. you still, like as you know, Jim was saying, it's been 10 years for him. It's been five years for me. And there is still some days where it's like, wow, it really hurts, you know. And and I think that's okay. Sit at home and hurt if you need to. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, tomorrow is another day. And then you can get up and suck it up and let's go do some good. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's, it's one of those things that I just try to take it one day at a time and find any little blessing I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Jim, how can people uh, use their faith, especially at that beginning part when it when it, when it seems overwhelming, how can they use their faith to, to, to like persevere through, through tougher times. That's basically what we've been talking about almost this whole time. Mm-hmm. But how, what are some things that, that, that you have encouraged people to do or, 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 or kind of told people like, you know, this works, try this, try this. What are some things that, that can help people persevere through the mm-hmm. really, really tough stuff? I, I met a, a family just recently here that, that Bryn is very um, good friends with and they lost their little girl to cancer. And, I had never met them, and I went to their home at the request of Bryn and 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 her organization, and I walked in, and the and the first thing, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to re- reveal confidences here. Um, the first thing I did when I walked in, I says, "Well, it's okay to be angry," and immediately the dad completely freaked out. He says, "You're the first person that's told me that it's okay." Wow, really? 
He says, everybody else is telling me that it's going to be okay, that this is going to be fine. That this is, and, and my heart, I think about him all the time. I haven't reached out to talk to him in a long time. But but what was so powerful, I thought he was going to hit me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just yeah. immediately an emotional outburst of just the frustration of what the religious trite traditional answer should huh. be is that you should just be patient and trust that God's going to have it on. No, I'm not trusting God right now. Yeah. I'm really, I'm mad. If I can say this, I'm really pissed off right now. Yeah. And you can yeah, edit yeah, that yeah. out if you want to, but yeah. I am, I am, I am beyond mad. Yeah. My child has been taken from me who I was supposed to protect, who the responsibility for their well being was on me. And, and I welcomed them in the world. I held them. I changed their diapers. I watched them grow. I put little pads around all the furniture in the house so they wouldn't get hurt anymore. And now all of a sudden, this child has been inexplicably ripped from my hands. And now, where's the answer to this? And so I feel the first thing I tell people is that, you know what? It's okay to just be mad. And and maybe that's not where you're at in your grief cycle right now, but man, I'm telling you what, if you can if you can just come to grips with it's okay for me to be completely um an a-hole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You just listen, you can do whatever you want. And I'll sit back and if you just want to call me on the phone and yell yeah. into the receiver yeah. for, for 10 minutes, just give me time to pull the thing away from my ear so I don't go deaf. <laughs> but you can you have my permission to go off the charts crazy. Yeah. But once you do that, and once you come to the end of that, now let's bring back. Let's bring us back to the reality of our God is good. How do we touch base with Him again? How do we reconnect, knowing that what was intended for evil, God will turn it into good. And 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 again, that answer may not come this week. It may not come. It may not come to me. It may come to my child and and my remaining child. And she might have to tell me, Dad, this is what God told me about this. I'm looking for answers. She's I'm sissy signs. I'm looking for. I'm looking for things. Wherever God wants to display them and reveal them, I'm looking. And that's what I tell people. Look, God is with you in this. And seriously, He lost a kid. Mm-hmm. He knows what it feels like. Yeah. And and not only did he lose a kid, his kid was murdered by really bad people. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, think about the tragedy of that. And then I'm thinking, okay, now wow, I can I can come to grips with a God who has touched my humanity. Yeah. And who understands it. I I like that God. I may be mad at him right now, but I think somewhere I can find a connection with him and we can become friends. Mm. And it may not be this week because God, you and I still have a lot to argue about. Yeah. But you know what? God is not afraid of the argument. I love it in Isaiah. He says, come and let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they'll be white as snow. Yeah. You know, I'm telling God how bad I am. And he's saying, no, I fixed you. Yeah. yeah. You're going to lose this argument because I fixed you. Everything you think's wrong with you, I made right. And that's the same thing with my child. My, everything that I think I did wrong or didn't do or let lapse or I failed in my responsibilities, all that. God says, no, Jim, let me deal with it. I'll take you care. I'll take, I'll take you through it. And I'll walk you through. And yes, you're going to be a neurotic weirdo for the next you know, number of years. But, but guess what? At the end of the day, you're still my kid and I still love you and I'm still working for your good. And that's what I want to communicate to people in this situation. Yes, let your emotions out because you're not hurting anybody but yourself by keeping them in. Mm-hmm. And if they don't understand that, mm-hmm. they're not your friend. Mm-hmm. They, they don't need to be around you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Kick him to the curb. So it sounds like the Celtic death whale is pretty good. <laughs> yes. That's a great place it's to start. Yeah, behavior. My daughter's going to love that answer because yeah. she's like so infatuated with Scotland right yeah. now. It's yeah. like, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ireland and all that. So it's just like, oh, come man. on, man. The Celtic um, death whale. <laughs> I think God invented that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. So um, before, we, before we actually allow you to kind of uh, tell folks about uh, your church and where it is and, 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 and what it is you do. Do you guys have any, any sort of final thoughts you want to give folks about, um, about faith and, 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 and getting through, uh, grief using your faith? Is there anything else you'd like to add? You sound pretty good. So bring solid. <laughs> yeah. How about you? Anything you'd like to add? Uh, I just, man, I, I guess I'm done. I just, God loves us. And, and God never intended for these types of situations to happen. But we live in a fallen world. And, and we don't understand everything. So my thing would be just to, to throw yourself in the arms of God and, and let him nurture you through his Holy Spirit. And allow him to bring you to a place where you are at peace. You don't have to like it, but you're not fighting yeah. against it. 
Oh, and and so and so I I just I I don't like it that my daughter's not here. I don't like it that I don't yeah. have an opportunity to see her grow up and see what she could have accomplished and 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 whatever. But guess what? God has brought me to a place where I'm at peace with it. And and now I'm trying to deal with the fact that I'm going to have to face her one day and give an account for what I did. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't think you'll ever like it, you know. And that's something I've accepted too. I I will never like that this it's like yeah, my it's reality. Not, it's never, it's not better. No. Like it's not better. We'd, no. We'd rather just have her back and yeah. not yeah. have to yeah. go through any of it. Yeah. Uh, Jim, uh, last question. Can you tell us a little bit about your church, where you're located, when your times are, all those sort of different things? Sure. Uh, New Day Christian Center, we're non-denominational. We're not affiliated with um, any any group. Um and we're located, again, as I said, in Tenino, um, four miles out the road uh, at the corner of Violet Prairie and Old Highway 99. Uh, we meet at 1030 in the morning on Sundays. Uh, we might throw some classes in from time to time, but right now our only official meet time is 1030 Sunday morning. Every Sunday we're there. And m our focus is the Word. I'm, I, am, I love the Word of God. And, and I, I want it to be alive in us. The Bible tells us that the word is alive in us. And as, as he lives in us, we can do some crazy, astonishing things in the world as long as we live in him and he lives in us. So my focus has always been, what's the word say? So if you want to hear the word of God and you don't mind neurotic um, or crazy, then come out and check it out. And <laughs> we'll love you. And yeah. come as you are. It's very casual. No yeah. suits, no ties, no dresses, no buns, no, no all of that stuff. So come and have some fun. Awesome. Awesome. Well, well, Pastor Jim, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had to call you Pastor Jim. At the okay, end fine. It's, it's, not, it's okay. out of respect, my friend. It's all uh, good. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, what an honor. Uh, Brand, thank you for sharing a ton today. Really appreciate wow. it. It was a great one. Emotional uh, one today. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yes, all good stuff. Thank you so much for coming, Jim. Yeah, thank you for yeah. inviting me. I would love to do it anytime. So. Awesome. Awesome. We may, we may, we may uh, call <laughs> we may. you on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then once again, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, remember to go to, uh, go to like and review the podcast because the more you do that, the more your friends of yours will be able to listen to us. So thanks a lot and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>